0: Welcome to Christian Warrior Talk, proudly presented by Christian Warrior Mission, hosted by former Navy SEAL, SWAT officer, and atheist, now a warrior for Jesus Christ, Pastor Jason Perry. This is more than just a podcast. It's a spiritual vanguard where we intentionally set aside the hustle of our daily lives to come together. We gather to study the Bible, share in heartfelt prayer, and engage in meaningful discussions about all things Christian, homesteading, prepping, and self-defense. Lock shields with us, and together, we will hold the line. And now, let's meet your host, Pastor Jason Perry. You are listening to the Patriot Crusader Mission Podcast, where Christian warriors are forged. Here, you will find our talk show, Christian Warrior Talk, sermons, and Bible studies with Pastor Jason Perry. Join us to become the Christian warrior you are called to be.
1: Strengthen on us. Strengthen on us. My signal. Unleash Do no. no. or do not. There is no try. Hello, everyone, and happy Lord's Day. Welcome to Patriot Crusader Mission, a church for veterans, first responders, and patriots. Um, I hope you had a great week. I'm glad you uh, joined us. Here virtually, this will be the last virtually only um, sermon that we plan to have as next week, um, everything's going to change. So I'm going to wait for some people to join us here because I don't have anyone here in in the sanctuary with me, Um, and we shall begin. But uh, I wish you guys could see this place. It is looking um, right now, it's looking rough because there's cut boards everywhere, and, and we had to demo some stuff off the walls and all that stuff. But uh, with uh, fresh pine boards on the wall, the sanctuary is starting to look really good. So um, i pretty excited. So <sighs> while we wait for everyone to, uh, in the sanctuary, we'll say sort of take their seats turn on their computers. Let's get into the announcements. So I am Pastor Jason Perry, uh, founder and lead pastor here at Patriot Crusader Mission Church. Um, and here's our announcements. State of the project is the, the sanctuary will be complete enough for us to have service for our grand opening next Sunday. There may be some quarter round, not on, some finishing touches, but we are confident that we will be able to put on an in-person service here at um, next week. So we would love, I've, I've created a group online. We would love for you to join us in person for our um, our maiden voyage sermon, whatever you want to call it, grand opening I don't know. They all don't seem to fit, but, um, we're going to take a picture that day of everybody who was here for our first service, for our humble beginnings and our, uh, and our new sanctuary. So on the grand opening of our church, uh, you know, we're not doing this around the kitchen table. We're not doing it in our living room. We have a space dedicated to the Lord and, um, we're hoping he's going to bless this. So, um, Daily Bible study, we've been getting a lot of traffic and a lot of people joining us for our daily Bible study. If you're unaware of our daily Bible study, it runs Monday through Friday from um, from 10 a.m. to usually about 10.30. Some of them run long, but most of them are done, I would say, in 15 minutes or so, and it usually starts – depending if I'm on time or how the morning's gone, some time between 10 and ten fifteen usually. And um, they are pretty short depending on the text. Some take longer and depending on current events, I like to talk about them. Um, you know, we'll let you, uh, you know, they may take a little bit longer as if there's more to unpack. Obesity update. So, well, actually let's get, remember also this ties in. Um, on Wednesdays, as a church, we are fasting as a as a as patronusator mission community. Meaning, people from all the members, you know, of our community all around the country, are fasting on Wednesdays and praying for our country to turn back to the Lord. Um, this is really important. Uh, we know that prayer works, and we know that by fasting, it turbocharges your prayer. And um, so, again. We, I do from Thursday night, or sorry, Tuesday dinner to um, to Wednesday dinner. So 24 hours I go without food. Um, you guys can do that, or you can do your own version of it, but that's how I do it. Um, and I hope that you will join me for that, and that we can lock our uh, shields in prayer for our country to turn back to the Lord. And you're going to see it's very much needed with today's sermon. Um, obesity update. Um, I've been working out, doing better on my diet. Um, things are going good. Um, I'm getting, my wind is picking up. I'm hitting harder. You know, I'm getting stronger, but the scale is going in the opposite direction. And that's because I'm packing on muscle right now. But in the, but my clothes are fitting better. The waist are getting smaller. So, uh, you guys are unaware. about two weeks ago. I can't remember, maybe three We started the obesity uh, crusade where we want to, as a church, inspire others to stop being fat Christians and hypocrites. We know, all of us know, that when you look at somebody who's obese and they try to give you advice on anything, um, particularly the Lord, you know that they're full of it usually because they're not finding comfort in the Lord. They're finding comfort in food. So me as a fat guy... Um decided that I was gonna lead from the front and uh, and do it with you. and I am so glad I have things are really going well. Um, you know, I'm not one of those guys who goes who thinks that you can go one hundred percent locked down on everything. I think you get in the gym first, you start adjusting your diet and then you start at rolling in layers of diff of difficulty in your life as things start rolling. So um you guys may. Decide that you're going to fast right away, get your diet 100%, button up, and work out every day at the same time. I'm rolling them on in phases, and I like where it's going, and I think it's very sustainable. So I challenge you guys to join me in the crusade against obesity because, again, how can you be the light of the world when your sin is, all, is right there for everyone to see? All right? Um, we need musicians here on the 20th. Right. As of right now, we don't have any musicians for that day. So the way next week's services will work is we will start here with digital or I mean, with in-person worship with, you know, a big screen up with songs going and we'll be playing songs with the words up there with the music very loud. So you won't hear my terrible voice. Lauren can sing, but I can't. And uh, we can't stream that because of copyright issues. So we may just have it focused on the podium at 11 o'clock so you know we're there. And the first 15 minutes of that service will be worship. You won't hear anything, but you'll know we're live while we are. will be singing off to the side as a group. And, um, you know, with everybody who's here in the sanctuary. So and then at about 1115, we'll go live again or we'll turn it, we'll unmute it. And then I'll give the the service or do the service. And then when we go to close out and worship, same thing, All right? That's how we're going to have to do this hybrid in-person thing until we get musicians here, until we have a squared away, you know, um, worship team. We're going to have to improvise because I can't play anything and I can't carry a tune. Lauren can, but she's a little shy right now and overwhelmed with, uh, a very challenging newborn. So that's all we have for that. We also have a call for volunteers for uh, setup crew, takedown, breakdown crew, hospitality crew, parkers, because our parking situation here is, um, you know, until people get used to it is going to be a little confusing. So uh, we're reserving the driveway for motorcycles only. So um, I know that we have a lot of people who have our motorcycle riders who are part of um, various different riding groups, and we wanted to save the pavement and the driveways so they can park their bikes in the driveway. The grass and the field will be for all the cars. All right, so you'll see the bri- the driveway closed with enough room for motorcycles to get in there, but nothing else. And we'll have cones up there and someone out front to direct people. Just come early because I need we need to start this ball rolling on time. Until we get volunteers, this is the Jason and Lauren show. So I can't be on stage starting the service and and leading you know the service if I'm outside parking cars. So again, I'm hoping we'll get some people to show up to volunteer for that. It would be amazing if you could help. So let's get into the news that you guys know here at Page Crusader Mission that we believe in a well-informed congregation. All right. We're going to talk about this again in our sermon today. We are Caesar here, meaning that we can't blame our leaders when we're the ones who supposedly elect them. We are part of the decision-making process, so we are accountable for what America does or doesn't do. Okay, um, so um, the the Freedom Convoy truckers are being arrested, right? They are the ones blocking the bridges. I think the Canadian government are towing their vehicles and they are arresting them. We finally found tow truck drivers who are willing to betray their friends and they're doing that. So um, pray for them. And um, you know, I know they're also had a lot of funding and funds frozen and all this stuff. And it just goes to show you that government has gotten too powerful when people can donate money that they want to donate to citizens who are a nonprofit who are taking political action And the government can seize those funds or freeze those funds. That's an issue. That's an issue. Um, that's why they want to, they, they really throw the words, you know, extremist terror domestic terrorist is the one they're trying to paint everybody with. That's a Christian conservative. And, um, because they want to be able to freeze funds and take assets and violate your rights and spy on you and do all those things that the Patriot Act allowed that I used to support when I was you know foolish and younger and now I do not in any way, shape, or form. Um, the war with Russia, we need to be praying for um, for you know for peace over there. I am not an interventionist. I do not believe U.S. troops should be over there. I do not think U.S. You know, money should be spent over there. I do not think we have anything to do with that, and I think we should not be. You know, we should not spend blood, treasure, or time over there. Um, our our national threat, or, sorry, our national debt just passed thirty trillion. That means that every citizen, citizen in the United States, owns ninety k in taxes to cover this. And not all citizens are taxpayers, right? There are people who are young who are not taxpayers. Two, so that it actually turns out to two hundred and forty k, $240,000 per citizen to cover our debt right now. That's what we need to do to be able to get out of this. It's impossible. We need to figure this out quickly and stop being um, getting involved in things that don't involve us in any way, shape, or form. Um, this is Super Bowl Sunday, and um, as you guys know, I do not watch pro sports anymore. I believe to watch pro sports and their BLM agenda, particularly the NFL with their white national anthem, right, and then their black national anthem, and all the wokeness and their support of BLM, um, they are anti-veteran, anti-cop anti-America in my view and to watch the Super Bowl is to go is you know is is shameful in my opinion. Um we gotta start walking the talk as as Americans we do so many we'd say all these things and then we buy the cheap Chinese product when there's a hammer right next to it that's made in America. That's five dollars more. Right? But we'll we'll sit there and we'll talk oh, I love my country, oh, I'm this, I'm that. Really? No, you're just another tick, all right? If um, you're complaining about violence in the streets and BLM and everything that's wrong and everything that's wrong in America and you're watching pro sports, you're just a tick. You're a useful idiot for them because they, all those corporations are all sold us out to China and they're willfully sowing hate and discontent and race division in our country right now which is destroying not only the country, but it's also hurting the church with church. The church now fragmenting um, over critical race theory and wokeism in the church. Um, So there's that. All right. Because of this sermon and because of some things that I've said in the past, as you guys know, I'm a post-millennial. That means I believe that the church is going to conquer the world and things are getting better. Um, but I want to paint a complete picture. You know, many of us are guilty of judging the world by the standard that's here in America or in the civilized world. Uh, When I say civilized world, I mean, you know, first world nations, right? And that is not everywhere. So I want to give a current state, and this, this definitely is going to you know line up more with um with people who are millennial and pre-millennial when i go over these statistics all right bear with me there's going to be a fair amount of reading right now before we get into the word this is going to tie into the message of Matthew 2 i promise you all right so let's get in um, <clears> on. <throat> so the the hard hitting and i'm being facetious Uh, conservative again facetious um Forbes wrote an article that is Forbes is typically not conservative it is not uh pro-Christian but they had an article in here uh on January 20th of 2022 it says one in seven Christian minorities under threat in 2022, they're not talking about minorities like we're talking here. In here, black, white, this or that. They're talking about Christian being a minority religion in those countries. So, um, this was written by Doctor Ulina U- Ochab. Okay, on January ger- on January 19, 2022, Open Doors, an international NGO, non-government organization advocating on behalf of persecuted Christians, released their annual world. Watch list. The World Watch list assesses 50 countries where Christians face the most severe type of persecution. The newly published data reveals significant changes in the situation of Christian minorities around the world. According to this research, the persecution of Christians has reached the highest level since the World Watch list began 30 years ago. Across 76 countries, more than 360 million Christians suffer high levels of persecution and discrimination for their faith an increase of over 20 million over last year 312 million christians live in the top 50 countries alone every in every in, one in every seven christians live under at least high levels of persecution or discrimination for their faith so let's get into this article for the first time in years, the top of the list was taken by Afghanistan rather than the usual culprit in North Korea. As the report suggests, since the Taliban takeover in August 2021, Christian minorities in Afghanistan have had to flee or go into hiding. Those whose names are known to the Taliban are being hunted down. If men are discovered to have a Christian faith, they are executed. If women are discovered, they may attempt escape execution but face a life of slavery or imprisonment. Because of the dire situation in Afghanistan the risk that is the, that soon there will be no Christians left in Afghanistan. The triumph over the Taliban of the ta- I'm sorry the triumph of the Taliban in Afghanistan has boosted other jihadist groups and extremism in Africa and Asia.
0: Christian Warrior Talk is sponsored by Trident Shield, your trusted ally in violence preparedness. Trident Shield safeguards your loved ones with expert training and consulting. Trident Shield, defending faith through preparedness, because together we save lives.
1: North Korea moved to number two in, you know, in the list. Despite moving down the rankings, North Korea has reached its highest level of persecution. This is caused in part by anti-reactionary thought law. There is no freedom of religion or belief in North Korea, and Christianity has been persecuted for decades. If Christians are discovered, they and their families are deported to labor camps as political criminals or killed on the spot. Gathering with other Christians is therefore almost impossible, and the only and only it must only be attempted in, in utmost secrecy. There is a great video on PragerU of somebody who escaped and went through so many trials to escape north korea and now who is issuing warnings that there's that we are being propagandized in the u.s by our government and losing our free speech somalia took the third place with christian minorities being explicitly targeted by terrorist jihadist groups al Shabaab. even being suspected of being a convert to christianity means life-threatening danger Anyone found in possession of a Bible or other printed Christian material is executed with the blessing of their relatives and community. In Libya, ranked as fourth in the World Watch list, Christian minorities are targeted by radical Islamist groups and organized criminal groups. They are often subject to kidnap, rape, enslavement, and killed, all perpetrated with impunity. Converts to Christianity in Yemen are also high risk of honor killings or physical violence. In Eritrea, rank sixth, the government recognizes only the Eritrean Orthodoxy, Catholic, and Lutheran churches and Sunni Islam. Others face the risk of discrimination and acts of violence. In Nigeria, Christians face threats from violent extremist groups, whether religious or ethno-religious, but also state actors and associated crimes. The majority of attacks against Christian minorities occur in northern Nigeria and the Middle Belt, with the perpetrators including Boko Haram, and the Islamic State in West Africa, Lani militants, and armed bandits. Abductions, forcible conversions, forcible marriages, rape, and sexual violence continue to be common weapons of choice. The research recorded 4,650 killings in in the reported period. The situation of other West African countries is deteriorating as well, including Mali and Niger in pakistan christian minorities are said to constitute roughly a quarter of all blasphemy accusations this despite being less than 20 percent of the population girls and young women continue to be abducted forcibly married and converted all christians suffer from institutionalized discrimination occupations seen as low and dirty are received for christians and the um, all christians suffer from institutionalized discrimination Occupations seen as low and dirty are reserved for Christians by the authorities. 620 Christians were killed in the country that year. In Iran, converts to Christianity are often targeted of violent attacks. Leaders and members of Christian house churches have been arrested, prosecuted, and given long prison sentences for crimes against national security. In India, India is now becoming extremist against Christians, and persecuting christians so stop buying stuff made from india now hit them in the pocket india is a country that wants to be a trade global trading partner they have been cheap labor and cheap everything else i have cut india off just like i'm cutting china off if i have a choice between india and china i will do india but because they're nowhere on the scale of china but they we need to stop it from from escalating since their new leader took over So in India, the reports noted a dramatic increase of attacks on Christians since Modi became prime minister. The World Watch list 2022 paints a concerning picture of the situation Christians face around the world. However, it does not stop with Christians, right, as other minorities are also being attacked. They're just Christians in the most persecuted group. All right, the next one I want to get to is another list. This is from a Persecution Trends report, um, Release International. Published its persecution trends report for the coming year. Countries growing concerns in 2022. You're going to hear some, a lot of them, you know, the same, some of the repeat offenders. But there's more specifics in this, and I promise you, this all tie into our reading for today. Uh, Africa persecutions hotspot 2022. Islamist extremists are gaining ground not only in Nigeria but also in the Sahel region of sub-Saharan Africa. In Burkina Faso, jihadists targeted Christians in the north of the country in 2021, forcing churches to close and meet in secret. Attacks range from bombings, killings, kidnappings, school burnings to assault of religious leaders in place of worship. The Global Terror Index says the faction behind most of the killings is the Islamic State of the Greater Sahara. The situation facing Christians in Burkina Faso is now similar to Nigeria, says a partner of Release International. Pressure in the region is likely to continue to come. Uh, continue to grow, particularly following the drawdown of French troops in the area. Nigeria: Similar pressure is building in neighboring Nigeria, where attacks of Boko Haram terrorists, ISIS, uh, Islamic State fighters, and Fulani uh, militant continue, militia continue throughout 2021. Fulani militants destroyed more than 50 villages and displaced 5,000 Christians, says a release of International partner. The attacks by Fulani now include kidnappings for ransom, churches. Church leaders, Christian communities remain the primary targets. These attacks will escalate in 2022 as political campaign gets underway ahead of the 2023 general election. And past attacks by Boko Haram and Falani extremists have increased over election periods. Food shortages in two countries are, uh, that are both major persecutors of Christians, Afghanistan and North Korea, are also likely to exacerbate tensions. So they're starving already in Afghanistan since Joe Biden's withdrawal. Christians are afraid of being reported um, by members or neighbors in in Afghanistan in fear of violent treatment by the Taliban. Obviously, their homes are being searched. They're being uh, executed, gang raped, which we covered in uh, and all that. Um, North Korea is the one I want to talk about. Uh, food insecurity is also a major worry in North Korea, where obs- obs- observers warn famine is looming once again. As winter tightens its grip, many could face imminent starb- starvation. In the 1990s, up to 3.5 million North Koreans died of hunger. According to some estimates, more than 10% of the population lost their lives. When you watch that video of North Korea from PragerU, she says that every, their every second is thought about is what they're going to eat. And it is terrifying. Um, further instability in the country could lead to an increased persecution as what is already one of the most hostile countries of Christianity in the world. Despite the brutal persecution of Christians, the church in North Korea is growing, according to uh, Release International partner Derek Eric Forley. During the COVID 19, he found requests for Bibles increased drastically since the authorities were forced to reduce their house to house searches to avoid infection of COVID. Let's pray that not only the gospel continues to spread in the church beyond, um, is encouraged and strengthened by the witness of North Korea's underground Christians. India, this is the one where I want to get into more specifics with India and then we'll get into the the teaching. India, anti-conversion movement is gaining ground. Another country of growing concern for release international is India, where attacks against Christians are rising and more states are imposing anti-conversion laws. This comes as growing numbers of Indian underclass, the Dalits, are turning to Christianity. Right-wing Hindu nationalism is on the rise in India. Militant Hindus have called for religious conversion from Hinduism to be made illegal across the country. You cannot convert out of Hinduism. That's what they're pushing for. Several states have already passed anti-conversion laws. Karnataka where there is an increasing violence against Christian is the latest to support a bill limiting religious freedom. Lawmakers set the anti-conversion bill on a course towards legislation before Christmas. These laws, which ostensibly prohibit conversions are being used to prevent any form of Christian witness. They have been used as a pretext for growing militant attacks on expressions of Christianity. This is India. One of the most peaceful, what we, we as Americans would have called it one of the most peaceful places on earth is now, Violently attacking Christians. Hindu militants have attacked Christian schools and broken into churches to impose acts of Hindu worship during Christian meetings. Over Christmas, the police advised church leaders in, um, not to hold Christmas services as they were unable to guarantee the protection of Christians from Hindu militants. The recent attack on Belagavi. Um, Christians had to be freed by police after militants chanting Hindu prayers locked them into a, their meeting hall. This followed protests by Christians over the proposed anti-conversion laws. All right, so as you can see, um, there's a lot of persecution going on around the world. I don't know if it's at the worst it's ever been historically. I have no idea, um, you know, but I know that it is definitely the worst time in 30 years. This happens when you have a weak America. All right. We need, so let's get into the teaching and then I will tie this all together. All right. Now, Matthew 2, most of you guys know, is one of the uh, verses that people read on Christmas Eve and they have the wise men and the magi and the manger scene and all that stuff. I'm going to take this in a completely different direction today. on that so um so let's let's go to war let's pray and uh lock shields around one another dear heavenly father lord we come to you today to seek your wisdom your word your will and to praise you lord and to love you lord please give me the the words the wisdom and the character to convey your truth your holy text your text to us to our congregation lord lord silence anything i say today that is not of you or not in line with you and magnify everything i say today that is of you lord i we pray a blessing of protection and a blessing of peace over person over the persecuted church around the world lord we here in america have can't even fathom the horrors that are going on along around the world most of us here anyways so, oh, Lord, be with us. Help us see your context, how you meant these words to mean in their orig- to the original audience and to dig the truth and to pull out this truth so we can have a deeper relationship with you. All to your glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Now, let's get into the word. Matthew 2, picking up last time when we talked, Jesus was just born. All right, remember, Jesus was born, we believe, in 6 BC. Remember, on the other on one side of the timeline, AD the number grows, and on BC, the number shrinks. So the lower the number, the closer they are to our time. All right. So just understand that. All right. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. They told him in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it was written by the prophet, O you, O Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. and When you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And they were going going into the house. They saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then opening their treasures, they'd offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed their own country by another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod, which happened in about, we know from history, 4 BC. So Jesus born 6 BC, Herod dies 4 BC. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet out of Egypt. weeping in loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children. She refused to be comforted because they were no more. But when Herod died, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the child's life are dead. And he rose and took the child, his mother, and went to the land of Israel when he heard that Archelos was uh, reigning over Judea in place of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. And he went and lived in a city called Nazareth, so that what was spoken by the prophets might be fulfilled, that he would be called a Nazarene. Okay, um, so there's some things to talk about in this put this in the proper context and to tie, you know, takeaways for us. <clears throat> so, like I said, in the, um, in the timeline, okay, um, Jesus was born in 6 BC, Herod died in 4 BC, so he returned back to Israel in 4 BC. So, um now wise men or magi were not kings, all right? Um, you know, we've kind of twisted this manger scene into something that it really wasn't, um, they arrived two years after uh, the birth of Jesus is what many scholars believe. Uh, but these wise men were very remarkable. One, they were Gentiles, right? And they believe, so these wise men were like court advisors, like Joseph and Egypt or Daniel. Many scholars believe that these wise men came from Mesopotamia, a region of Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq, which by the travel routes was about 800 mile trip all right so these gentiles right if they had no setbacks and were mounted on camels or horses or whatever following this star which we know they lost at some point went to fo- to meet the to find baby jesus and they traveled 40 at least 40 days Forty days is best case scenario to do that, right? And they were Gentiles. How convenient do you think that was for them? You know, in China, I've heard stories from missionaries who go over there. You know, they laugh at our form of Christianity, saying we're so soft and weak, and it's up to them to carry the you know, to carry on the gospel because we are afraid to get uncomfortable. They will travel for three days by foot. Same thing in Africa to hear a a pastor preach. How many of us, how many of us won't drive 30 minutes to a church? That's too far. Or holy smokes an hour, that's unthinkable or instead of putting our kid into a Christian school where they'll get Christian values, you know, will not because it's too far. Again, I'm fair for our laziness. Something else to know about the wise men, the scholars believe that this was a large group that would have stood out, right? That would have stood out um, as foreign. The star they are following uh, may have been a planetary conjunction, a supernova, but was most likely something, you know, scholars believe purely supernatural, being that it came to rest over a house, so something that God had done. It's also interesting that these men lost it and then rejoiced when they found it again, the wise men. After they, that's why they were at Herod's palace looking for him. Like they lost the star, they go to the capital where the king is and they're looking for him. Okay. When it says that um, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all in Jerusalem was troubled with him. We're based, I think they mean there, and what a lot of scholars think they mean there is that the city was troubled because Herod was a monster. I mean, he murdered his own family members constantly. And as you saw later on, he murdered a bunch of 2 year old and under children to, to avoid what he was hoping to be the line of David usurping him from the throne, uh, having a rightful claim to the throne. So we've got, several main points that I want to go over here, right? Um if you'll know I, the title of this sermon that I you know that is not up on the screen um was Matthew 2 the good the bad and the obedient guardian. When we step out of the light, right, in Jesus we will get blessings of others who will recognize who are in the Holy Spirit, who will recognize us and come alongside. We will have people like the wise men who come. I mean, this is Jesus, the most vulnerable he's ever going to be He's a child. He, even though he's a deity, he's, he's, you know, he's not baby Yoda with the force, right? From the Mandalorian. If you watch that or, and that stuff, he's a child. He's two years old or under. And, You know, he's got wise men coming. They're providing gold, finances, and valuables to him for them to be able to flee and go to Egypt and live off that, right? God is going to bring people in and out of your life that will bring you blessings, whether knowledge or strength or assurance, um, and maybe, you know, uh, other blessings. But unfortunately... The brighter you shine, the more the darkness is going to come for you. And there will also be people who come in out of your life that are there to do you harm. Unfortunately, most often they will be there to lead you to eternal death, which is to drag you away from your faith. This person could be a friend from your past who's not on the walk, who want you to get high with them again, and bring you back to the slave of slavery of addiction, to some substance, to an old girlfriend who shows up and wants you to be unfaithful in your marriage, drag you away from your family, to new friends who want to pull you away from your Christian community and back into the bonds of sin and eternal death, We have to be careful who we let into our circle. As churches, we want to be welcome to everyone, and we are open to everyone here at PCM, Page Crusader Mission as well. We focus on issues for veterans, first responders, and patriots because no one else does. Um, But others are welcome here as long as they support those groups and want to seek the Lord. We have to be careful in these times of persecution that's coming. If you look at Australia and see how their, their countries imploded. If you look now at Canada and see how those are imploded. I think most people would say that we were probably most like those two countries. Um, They are further down this dangerous socialism, uh, communism and uh, totalitarianism. Um, than we are, and they are warning signs for us. There will be people that will come and try to, to tear us down, and we have to be on guard for that. But mainly we have to be on guard is for the world to get its tendrils in us and to pull us back down in hell. You are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. Do not let the world drag you back into hell or these people who come in and divide and conquer and sow strife and do so many things. Do not let pride the ultimate sin come in and that leads to every, about every other sin come in and destroy your church, your family, your relationships. People will come and go in your life. And I've already learned this in our short church history. And it's heartbreaking. Just enjoy them for the season you have them. Bless them when they leave. And, you know, for those who come in to sow strife and tear you down, pray for them because we know that they're where they're going. Eternal hellfire, right? So we don't wish that on anyone. And we just pray for them. And circle the wagons, lock shields, and get even tighter, right? If you look at Joseph, right, Jesus' you know, adopted father, when the angel of the Lord comes to him, you know, it's 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 you know, that's such a contrast to what we see in the old testament. You know, in our Bible study during the week, we are, you know, we just went through Abraham and Isaac and now we're in Jacob. Right. And those families are so broken and they're so sinful and they're so, you know, it's, it's like swimming through sewage sometimes. And then you come to Joseph and Mary and Joseph is just such an incredible man. Remember in the earlier passage, he was getting ready to marry. And he finds out that the woman he's about to marry is pregnant by somebody else. And instead of having her stoned to death, he already does her. He's a kind, good man. He basically wants to bring her somewhere small where he can quietly divorce her and leave her alone. And then the angel of the Lord comes to him in a dream and tells him not and explains what's going on. And Joseph is obedient and doesn't sleep with his wife for the entire time she's pregnant because God's in there, right? This must be really hard. Definitely not of the flesh. Now, here he is. Um, He gets these gifts from these wise men, these counselors and wise men. And in the middle of the night, he gets a dream from the Lord. Without hesitation, they pack up and flee to Egypt. That is a guardian, he is protecting our Lord and Savior. And he does it without question and without hesitation. Chances are, if you watch this church, if you're a part of our community, we're unlike, I don't know, any other church like us. But um, if you're here, you're, you most likely feel like you're card to be called to be a guardian. If you're not, don't feel like you're called to be a guardian and you're a mother, you're a father in particular, you are the guardian of your family at a minimum. Act like it. You are not their buddy. If they want to stay in their school because their friends are there and now you have access to a high-end awesome school, I don't care what their friends are. Their friends are of the world. Their friends are trying to kill them eternally without even knowing it. Get them around, Christians. If you live in a secular area and that secular area is like Sodom and Gomorrah, and your kids are seeing model, you know, bad behavior modeled constantly, move. Nothing in this world is worth losing your kids to hell forever. Be a guardian. Make the tough decisions. The reason why I went through all those... um, all the persecution news It's all that rests on us, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters. We are Caesar. We are accountable in the free world for what the free world does. When the free world does nothing because we're over in Ukraine and we're don't even protect our southern border, and our and our country is crumbling below our feet because of these pointless bank bankrupting wars everywhere. A weak America leads to death and destruction and horror everywhere. And we are not the Jews in Jerusalem. We can't blame everything on Caesar. We don't have a king with no say. We impact our laws here. We vote people in that are supposed to write the laws that we want them to do, and the responsibility rests on the voter. Every day, the innocent that are murdered by abortion is on our hearts. Now, as Christians, we repent of that and are clean by blood the blood of Jesus Christ. As Democrats, if you're a Democrat watching this show, which I don't think there are any, you, I fear for your soul, if you think you're getting to heaven with your faux compassion while well you vote to have babies murdered and you vote to defund the police and you cause crime and suffering with your misguided, faux oh, fake compassion, you're the useful idiots of the enemy and you don't even know it. Our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ are suffering around the world because we can't get our act together here. We are so addicted to our weakness, our comforts, and our apathy. We're addicted to stuff. That is exactly what happened in Canada. That is exactly what happened in Australia. Now look at them. They have more in common with China than they do with us now. Now, you guys know that I am an American first pastor. I believe we have to have a strong foundation here. And we need to and we and I am not for spending resources overseas anywhere else. We have some house cleaning to do here in America, in our own houses. We have to go in the mirror and look ourselves dead in the eye and say, Am I walking the walk that I am talking? Stare long into that mirror. Pray for God pray to God to illuminate the areas where you are not walking the walk. There are gonna be a lot of them. In all those places, those people's faith are costing them huge things. What is your faith costing you? Well, if you're a closet Christian, probably nothing. But you'll see, just like in these, in the story, it's not as drastic as Herod killing those children or the crimes that we saw overseas. But when you step into the light, family members are going to look at you. Oh, you're one of those born-agains. I don't want to talk about Jesus. You want to know where someone stands in this world? Start talking about Jesus and see what they say. You're going to hear enough of the Jesus talk. You're going to hear a lot of things. You can talk about anything vaguely, but don't you dare talk about Jesus. It's going to cost you family members and it's going to cost you friends and relationships. That's a small price to pay. Do your neighbors know you're Christian? Do your employers know you're Christian? If there's one thing that you should be wearing on your forehead, it's you're a Christian. There should be no doubt that you are that beacon of light by everything you do, by the way you talk. Now, I have got some confessions to make. I tell you guys that That I am going to fail you from time to time, and I am going to stumble at time to time, and that I am not perfect. I am not Jesus. We all want to grow to that, and I need your prayers. Our new child is um, is challenging. Um, She cries and keeps us up. We are as sleep deprived as probably as many parents are, and there's a lot of work to be done here, and I need to repent. For the feelings I have of anger and frustration that I have in my heart. I do not like who I am when it's three in the morning and she's been screaming and it's my turn and I see my wife slowly exhausted, like life draining out of her. I'm not proud of the thoughts I have. And I repent of those thoughts. It's not a child's fault that it's in pain what's ever making her cry. And I ask, why would God do that to a child? And only God knows. Maybe, uh, I hope it's not because this pastor needs another more patience, Even though know? um, I fear that that may be it. So pray for me, guys. I am Been sinning. I've had a foul mouth. And I repent of it and pray for God's forgiveness, my daughter's forgiveness, and yours. You don't have to be perfect to be a Christian, it's impossible. Only Jesus was perfect. But you have to be transparent. And you have to walk the talk. I pray that each and every one of you take some time in the mirror and stare deep and long into the abyss of your soul and see what you're not proud of that you haven't been walking out. Let's go to prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, We come to you now, thankful for our congregation, for this time and your word. And we celebrate and and honor you and glorify you, Lord. Lord, I pray that this sermon helps somebody else out there. Lord, I pray that this sermon will cause us all to reflect and turn in and find the sin, to find the hypocrisy that lives in every one of us. We were all... Born of it. Lord, open our eyes. Let our let us take off our blinders. And let us see where we can be grow to grow more like your son Jesus. And then give us the character, the will, and the fortitude to grow more like him. Lord, I want to pray a prayer of protection. Over our first responders at home, our military members overseas, and patriots all around the world, Lord. I also want to pray a prayer of peace and protection for the persecuted church, Lord. That everyone that is suffering and losing would cause an explosion of revival. Because your will cannot fail cannot and will not. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. God be with you. Go in peace and blessings. And uh, I hope to see you in the Bible study out there. All right. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to the Patriot Crusader Mission Podcast. To support this ministry, please go to our website at PatriotCrusaderMission.org to make a tax-deductible donation or to tithe to our church. Grace and peace to you. Thank you for standing shoulder-to-shoulder with us in today's Spiritual Vanguard on Christian Warrior Talk, presented by Christian Warrior Mission. As we've united in prayer, let's hold fast to the truth in Nehemiah 4.14. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Until next time, let's keep a humble and grateful heart, deliberately pursue our relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and equip ourselves with the full armor of God. You're not walking this path alone. Lock shields with us, and together we will hold the line. May God bless you all.